rainy night. It would have been good. I'd like to uh, just make a mention of the, uh, maybe somebody's got this in your mailboxes on Sunday. Uh, Sam Gundy is going to have a, a live stream, I think, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. So if you're interested in hearing what um, is the work is uh, working with the children in India, Glenn Musser is on the board there and he can tell you more about it. But if you're interested in the live stream tomorrow night, there's papers on the back, uh, on the counter back there. You can take one along and 7 o'clock tomorrow night is the live stream that they're having on the work in India. Okay, at this time, I guess we'll dismiss the children. I think the children, teachers are prepared. So children, you can go down to the basement. Okay, you can turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. I'd just like to um, maybe finish up from Sunday morning. We were looking at, let not your heart be troubled. John 14 has a lot of promises. Uh, the disciples were at a time when there was a lot of uh, unknowns. There was a lot of... Um, Jesus tells them he was going to leave them, and they were had a lot of questions about this and troubled hearts. And God, uh, Jesus gave them a lot of promises that they for them right at that time, and we can claim them today. The promises, uh, one of them was in my father's house are many mansions. But when that so I would have told you, he's going to prepare a place for us, and um, and so there's a. A good antidote to troubled hearts is, is keeping our eyes fixed on heaven and looking for a second coming. Jesus says, and, and, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again. And so the second coming of Jesus is something we can, it's an antidote to worry, to uh, troubled heart. We can know the Father right now. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to know him. Jesus is coming through in this passage that I and the Father are one. So, and we looked at prayer as a uh, remedy for troubled hearts, uh, the Holy Spirit living within us. No need to uh, have a troubled heart because the Holy Spirit is in us, not upon us, like in the Old Testament. And now we want to look at the peace of God, the peace Jesus says in verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. These promises here are for troubled hearts. And uh, Job says, you know, in this world you're going to have trouble. As the, uh, the verse says, as the sparks fly upward. It's as real as that is, this world is going to have trouble. So, and we can see that there's a lot of reasons for, uh, there's a lot of trouble, and there's a lot of reasons that we can have for 
troubled hearts today, uh, thinking about all the, um, the, there's a lot that's, we're living in a time when it's, it's uh, that's conducive to maybe having worry and troubled hearts. Uh, just thinking of the, the, uh, the warning of another shutdown, what's that gonna do? What's, that, what's the economy gonna be like? You know, does that, does that bring worry? Does that bring trouble to our hearts? Um, just thinking about the election chaos and all the things that are unsettled, does that bring any peace? Does that bring any, uh, I think it's far from peaceful. We're living in a, a time that's just not very, it's very chaotic and very, so, and what's, and the other question that could trouble, can bring trouble to our hearts today is, you know, what's coming for the Christian? What's coming for the Christian? So I think it's one thing when we when we hear Jesus' heart here. I think it's one thing to to know about trouble and to know about the uh, what's coming or whatever, and to be and to maybe brace up for it. Uh, but there's another thing that Jesus says that that He doesn't want us to have is trouble in our hearts. He does. He wants us to be be at peace. Our heart needs to be at peace. He doesn't want us to worry. He doesn't want us to be anxious. And uh, I think that's what this verse says here. You know, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. You know, Jesus, um, he says, my peace I give to you. You know, it's uh, the world is just looking for peace and can't find it. Isaiah, I believe it uh, says that there's no peace, saith the Lord, for the wicked. So there's no peace for the wicked. It's, uh, it, you know, where, where does peace come from? Where does, where does peace come from? That's what we want to look at a little bit tonight. Um, you know, what is peace? Where does it come from? What is it, um, what are some ways that we can get peace? And uh, maybe some, uh, like to open it up to here, what, what is maybe some things that trouble our hearts and what are some, some peace uh, things that are robbing us of our peace today? So first of all, I'd like to think about the different, that Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not if the world giveth, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled. So we see, number one, that there's a difference between the world's peace Jesus says, my peace is not like the world's peace. It's different. There's something different about it. And, um, and what is it? If you would give a definition of the world's peace, I'd like to maybe open it up. What, what is the definition of the world's peace? Somebody that does, um, that's not from a Christian perspective, you know, what is, what is, what is their definition of peace? Anyone? What's that? Okay, very good. Yeah, absence of war. What's that? Safety. What's that? Okay. Any others? The world's peace. When you think about... The, what the world thinks of peace, and that's you know it's absence of war to be to be uh, free of trouble. You know political um, 
stability, no riots and all of that. That's, that's a, just a lack of peace, right? Uh, I had to think of, uh, you know, divorce is, is, a, is, a, is a, like an area of, like a sense of temporary peace. So there's a worldly way of peace, and that's simply a, an absence of trouble or whatever. But uh, as the Lord, the, the Isaiah says, there's no peace, saith the Lord, under the wicked. You know, that's not good enough. There's something better. There's something better. When Jesus says, my peace I give unto you. Now let's have a definition of what that is. What is the definition of Jesus saying, my peace? What would a peace in a Christian's heart look like? Or what, what is it? Um, I know this is a little, maybe a little harder to describe, but it's got to be some thoughts rolling around in somebody's minds. Okay. That's uh, tranquility. Tranquil state of the, of the soul. Tranquility. It's a word. What else? Surrendered. Surrendered. Okay, that's a, uh, right from the right from the scripture. Believing in the sovereignty of God. Okay, we're going to touch on that a little bit later. Believing in the sovereignty of God. Inner stability in the midst of storms. Okay. So that it's a it's a big it's a big subject, right? It's um you know it's a, it's a Peace is a, is a soul that's at rest, right? A soul that's at rest, a satisfied soul. And it's different from the world. This is, Jesus says this, my peace I give to you. And we're gonna talk about um, the basis of that peace. But literally, it's his, his own peace. Now, in, in backing up a little bit into the Old Testament, you know, um, there's a word that's in the Old Testament for peace, and it's shalom. Shalom is a, um, like a, a greeting for the Jewish people. That was very common, a common greeting. And basically, they were saying, I'm wishing you would experience the peace of God. They would say, shalom. And that's what they were saying. I'm wishing you would experience the peace of God. A wish for completeness, a wish for contentment, satisfaction and uh, for well-being. So they were wishing that, that all good would flow out of one's life, in, into, their, in, into your, their life. It was, that's what they were saying. I wish you that you would be, I wish that all is good, blessed, and that all, all would bring satisfaction, fulfillment, completeness. So that was the Old Testament. And the New Testament, we have the... Uh, the word peace, which means the, uh, what we were talking about, the soul that's at rest. So Jesus says, my peace I give unto you. Literally, he's talking about his peace, the peace that I experienced myself. You know, Jesus was uh, the prince of peace, and uh, he's the one that makes peace. He's the one that distributes it, and it's, it's mine. I've demonstrated it, and I'm conveying it to you. I'm, it's my personal peace, and I'm giving it to you. And it's like a gift. You know, it's not telling us that we have to get this or to find it, but it's, he's giving it. It's a gift. 
And um, says, I'm leaving this peace with you and to all who will believe and serve him. And we can have that peace today, the peace that he's talking about. So now this peace, where does it, okay, it's talking about it originating with Jesus, but where, how do we, um, where does it come from? <clears throat> or what does it, any, anybody think of a verse where we can think about the, uh, how we can get peace? Peace with God. Where does it start with peace with God? And uh, is there any verse that comes to mind that talks about having peace with God? Okay. There, yes. Peace with God. It starts with peace with God. Uh, justified by faith. faith, we can have peace because of what Christ did for us. It's based on what Christ's work on. Therefore, um, being justified by faith, we have, we have peace with God based on the verses prior. What Christ did for us comes peace. You know, and uh, if we believe by faith, we can be justified. That's just as though we have not sinned. And that justification, uh, and, and it's what justification, what it does, it declares us just. It imputes the righteousness of Christ to you. You are declared righteous, justified by faith in Christ. So that is justification. It's being reconciled. We're at peace with God. And that's the basis for the peace in our hearts. That's the basis. That's what Jesus is saying. My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. It's peace with God. Then it's the peace of God, which passes all understanding, as Eddie was talking about. The peace of God that, that passes all understanding. The peace of God that the world doesn't know anything about. It's through Christ, through the work, through justification. In Romans 10, uh, 5, uh, that verse 1 there, uh, it talks about we're justified by faith. And then to go back later in chapter 5, verse 10, it says that, For if we are enemies, we are reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So we can see that the, we were enemies, and now we are reconciled. Reconciled. The gospel is also called the, uh, uh, this, you know, it's a, the God of peace, or the, the gospel of peace. You know, this gospel of peace is, is uh, called that, and it's, it's, it's called that because enemies can be reconciled with God. We're enemies, and now we can be reconciled through, through the blood of Jesus, and peace is made. Peace is made. That's justification. That's what sin is forgiven. We are now, the rebellion is over. And we're enemies. We were enemies and now we're not. We're friends. And we're welcome into God's family. And we're into, and into his presence forever. So Jesus makes peace by taking on the punishment in full. So in this peace, we can experience joy through this. Joy will bring... Um, so if we're at peace, we will have joy. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we have the gospel, gospel of peace, and now we have the God of peace. 
the Bible also talks about God, the God of peace be with you. And, uh, and there's lots of verses that talk about God, the God of peace. So with the gospel of peace, the God of peace. And in 2 Thessalonians 3.13, we have the Lord of peace. Now the Lord of peace himself shall give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. And here's the Lord of peace. You can see the, the theme here. The Lord of peace. Now Jesus is saying, my peace I leave with you. The peace of God. This peace is not from the world. It's from heaven. This is my peace. My peace. Now I would like to think about, the, uh, think about Jesus a little bit. Jesus is saying, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. Now, what qualifies Jesus to, to say that, to do that? Let's think, let's think, get practical a little bit. What qualifies Jesus to say that? Let's think about his earthly ministry. You know, let's, in the whole three years when he was, uh, or even, even his, uh, uh, his whole life, do you ever see Jesus worked up about situations? Do we ever see Jesus flipping out over something? Do we ever see Jesus stressed out? It's always the opposite, right? It's always the opposite. He's always calm. He's always in control. And even when it came down to his death dying on the cross, we don't see, this, this, this account is just like within 24 hours before his death, maybe less than 12 hours before his arrest. And he's spending time with his disciples. He's not, I mean, he, yes, he did, you know, he did go to the garden and, and sweat those drops of blood, but he is, he is just in control. He is in control. He's never worried, never worked up, and never fretful. He's just, he lived a life of peace, right? He lived a life of peace. He was peaceful. And now he's saying to his, his followers, he's saying, that's available to you. My peace I give to you. My own peace. His very life exemplified, his, his very life exemplified that the peace that he's giving and uh, it qualifies him to say this. My peace is, you know, it's what kept him calm that Thursday night here before Friday, knowing what was going to happen. So now there we, okay, we see that Jesus had this kind of peace, right? And he says, I give it to you. But what, what, where did that peace come from? Or, or let's Think about how did he get to this place that he could have this level of peace? You know, can, don't we all admit sometimes that we lack peace at times? We are troubled, we have little troubled hearts at times. And um, how did Jesus get this level of peace? How did it, how did it come? And I think, <clears throat> does somebody have a, Okay. God, he was he he had a he had a perfect trust in his father, did he not? He had a he had a relationship with God, and I believe this peace was connected to his trust in God. He was his trust was very evident. Uh, 
You know, Hebrews 12 says when he, he went to the cross there, he endured the cross, for who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I mean, he had the right attitude. He was, he was, he was, um, he didn't lose sight of what he came for. And he, his perfect trust in the Father, I think, had a connection to his peace that he had. Think about it with Pilate. Just the, 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 the next days he was, um, he was there, or the next day he was there with Pilate. And his interaction with Pilate, uh, I believe he exemplified trust in his father uh, very much. He said, you know, Pilate was getting a little huffy with him maybe and said, do you know who I am? And, you know, and, and Jesus was calm. You know, we don't see Jesus going through all of that. He was calm and, and you know, and his answer to Pilate, I believe, displayed a trusting relationship. You know, he said like to Pilate, I'll paraphrase, you know, whatever you're going to meet, do to me, you know, God it wants that done. And uh, whatever's going to happen is in God's plan. You know, he, was, he had a trust in God. He had a trust in him and the sovereignty of God that that whatever happened was was right and and that brought a peace a level of peace and i believe it's um and we can have that too i believe that's uh, the same for us today if we can have a if we can have uh, know the sovereignty of god and believe that everything that happened is for a purpose and and that just brings a settled peace we don't have to get uptight and we don't have to flip out and we don't have to whatever we can have a peace jesus says my peace i give to you and peace is a is a wonderful gift it's a wonderful gift that we can receive by faith it starts by uh, being in a right relationship with god being justified by faith we can have peace and unsaved people you know can just can enjoy peace just in the absence of trouble, as we talked about earlier. But Christians, we can enjoy peace even in the midst of trials because of the, and the, the help of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit in the life of a, a God's children is that he brings the assurance that we are constantly in God's loving care. And this is peace that Jesus promised peace of God in the human heart. We can have his peace in our hearts today. So we had talked about, uh, then it says, let not your heart be troubled, right at the end there. Uh, so first we said that it's a gift. He's repeating it here from the first verse of John chapter 14. You know, we talked about it being a gift. And uh, here now it's, it's, he follows it right with this command. You know, peace I leave with you, 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 this peace is for you, here it is, it's yours. Then he follows right after and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. So it's like, it's like, uh, it's a gift, but we have a command here too. You know, we don't, he's saying, don't worry, don't fret, don't be anxious, don't, you know, we, so we don't, we, we can, I think we, human hearts, we can have a tendency to go that way, to worry and to fret and to, but gee, we need to, have that settled peace. And uh, so Psalms 34, 14 says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. And Peter follows that same, repeats that, quotes it. It says, let him eschew evil and do good. 
let him seek peace and ensue it. So the, um, so we need to, we need, we have some, you know, on our part that we don't, you know, it's just not that this peace comes automatically and we, you know, we, we, we need to let not your hearts be troubled. It, it is something that we have control over. I think that we have to uh, have that trusting relationship with him, trusting in his sovereignty, that everything that happens when we, that is in the will of God. And when we have that, when, when that's in place, you know, that's just going to bring a settled peace and we don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to, um, any thoughts? What are some things that rob us of our peace? Worrying about tomorrow. Worrying about tomorrow, yep. Sufficient into the day is the evil thereof. So we have enough of problems today, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. Then verse 28 and 29, 30, Jesus is finishing out the, um, the chapter here. It says, you have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I say I go unto my father for my father is greater than I. And now I have told you before, I told you before it, come to, it comes to pass that when it comes to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. So Jesus, it seems here, he's saying, you know, I'm giving you a heads up that I'm leaving. He's talking about this, and he, he says, the reason, so you believe, so you believe. And uh, he's given them many promises that we looked at there in chapter 14. So another thing that all these promises that he gives in chapter 17, when he prays to the Father, he says he asks him to fulfill them. And not only for them, but for all who will believe. These promises are for every child of God. Every child of God. Okay, anybody else have any closing thoughts before we go into prayer time. Prayer request. Mm -hmm. 